ومن أحسن قولا ممن دعا إلى الله وعمل صالحا وقال إنني من المسلمين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد So welcome to our series Kalimullah where we are talking about lessons and reflections from the story of Musa alayhi salam As mentioned last week that when we begin studying the story of Musa alayhi salam we begin with Surah Al-Qasas In the beginning of Surah Al-Qasas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala paints a picture for all of us exactly what was the political landscape and what was the situation of the Egyptians and the people of Bani Israel in, uh, in Egypt. And what we learn is that, you, once again, I do want to also reiterate the fact that if you want to study the story of Musa Islam, you do have to go back to the story of Yusuf Islam. Because remember, Yusuf Islam, he along with his family, his 11 brothers, including himself, became the 12 tribes of Bani Israel, and they were in Egypt. But over time, what eventually happened was that the people of Egypt began to realize that these people who are living here, who are Bani Israel, they are foreigners. And we are real Egyptians. And then you have a change in, uh, in the political leadership where you have Fir'aun now coming into the picture. And now he's putting that pressure and he's saying that these people should now be enslaved. And they should be the ones who are doing all the labor work. And we as Egyptians should be the one managing them. And so we see that there was so much harassment, there was so much dhulm and oppression taking place against the people of Bani Israel, against the Israelites. And you have the Egyptians at that time, you know, managing all the affairs and they are the leaders and they are the ones who are, you know, managing the overall uh, landscape in, uh, in Egypt. Now having said that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he sees with dhulm taking place. This is one thing that I want us to all, all learn and realize, and this is a reflection for all of us, is that when dhulm takes place, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He knows that dhulm is taking place, but at the same time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in order to bring a change, it will take some time. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to bring a change, it will take many years at times too. For example, take the story of Yusuf alayhi salam. We know that eventually Yusuf became the financial minister in Egypt. But think about it. Had Yusuf not been thrown into the well, there was no guarantee that he would probably end up in the palace. If he did not end up in the palace, how would he end up in, in prison? If he did not end up in prison, how would he eventually become the financial minister of Egypt? So in order for him to, became, to become the financial minister of Egypt, all these events had to take place. Does it mean that Allah does not have a plan, a master plan, a grand plan in place? No, it does not mean that. It means that Allah does have a grand plan in place, but it takes, there's going to be stops and there's going to be sequence, uh, there's going to be a sequence of events in order for that goal to take place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's goal is to remove Fir'aun. Allah's goal is to make these people, the Israelites, um, uh, the ones who are the inheritors of the earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to save them from the oppression and the dhulm of Fir'aun. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says that in the beginning of the surah, He says, 
ونريد أن نمن على الذين استضعفوا في الأرض ونجعلهم أئمة ونجعلهم الوارثين The fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that I'm going to make you leaders and you're also going to inherit the earth. Now think about this. When do you inherit the earth? When do you inherit anything in life? You inherit when someone dies. So they're, they're being told in one way that the only way you'll inherit the earth is when Fir'aun is no longer there. That means that I am going to eventually eliminate Fir'aun. But once again, all this to take place, there's going to be a sequence of events. And then inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his goal will come into, it will come into existence. One thing that we need to always realize is this, as I said earlier, is that Allah's plan to take place, it may take few years. SubhanAllah, today what we see going on right now in America, for example, all these events are taking place. All the, you know, the racial tensions are going on in the United States and so forth. All this is Allah's plan. Now, what is Allah's grand plan? Wallahu alam, we don't know. But there is a plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all these events are part of that plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We just need to be patient. What we see happening to our Muslim brothers across the world. Yes, we are hurt about it. But this is part of Allah's master plan. And what is Allah's master plan? That's not something that you and I, we should be asking about. But we should just keep on asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help. So that's the very first thing that we always need to learn from the story. The second thing that we learn from the story is, just like in the case of Fir'aun, he was an oppressor. He was a tyrannical king. Eventually, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought him to his end. Likewise, whenever a person is a zalim, whenever a person is a zalim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make him die in a very humiliating way. And subhanAllah, we see this happening over and over again. Allah told us so many years ago that this is the case of Fir'aun. Allah gave this warning to Fir'aun. And not only that, but Allah even said, We will show Fir'aun and we will show his minister Haman exactly what they are fearing of. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought them to an end. If you are, remember this is another lesson in reflection for all of us. If you are on the receiving end, if you are a victim of someone else's zulm, remember that that person, he or she will pay of their dhulm. They may get away today, they may get away tomorrow, but they will never escape the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the very first two things I want to share. Now, the next thing is that we see that after this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gets into the story of Musa alayhi salam. And in particular, the story of the mother of Musa alayhi salam. Now the question is that what is the connection? See, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that if you have faith, okay, if you have faith, then you will understand that there is a plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you have faith and you have iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you know that today you may become mazloom, but one day, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of the zalim. The only person who will know that is a person who has iman. And this is why subhanAllah, you go back to the beginning of the surah, what did Allah say? He says, Kitabun fussilat ayatuhu Qur'anan arabiyyan liqawmiyya'lamun. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually says, um, in the beginning of the surah, in the very first ayah, he says, this is for those people who have iman. I don't remember the, exactly the ayah right now, but at the end of that ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that this is a story for those who have iman. 
faith is very, very important to have in order to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now the question is that I need a story or I need an example that how do you apply that faith? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, you want to know what faith is? I'm going to give you this next story of the mother of Musa alayhi salam who exhibited what faith means and what faith entails. So let's quickly go through this too. Without going to the entire story, we all know what happened with the mother of Musa alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَىٰ أُمِّ مُوسَىٰ أَنْ أَرْضِعِي First of all is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we inspire the mother of Musa alayhi salam. Now without getting into this whole uh, theological debate and you know getting into this theological subject that can women be prophets or are they prophetess or not, the majority of the ulama they say that of course women are not, they cannot um, be prophetess. There is no prophet version, just like you have anbiya, you have prophets, there is no female version of that. Some, there might be some minority opinions, but, but the majority of the ulama, they say there is no such thing like that. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we inspired, we sent, Allah says, use the word awhayna, but this means that Allah put something in the heart of the mother of Musa alayhi salam. What did he say? An ardi'i that feed and suckle uh, Musa alayhi salam. Now, here we find that Musa alayhi salam, he's, you know, he's a baby, of course, he's crying and so forth. And this was the year, by the way, this was the year that Fir'aun had ordered his army to go and kill all the male children. And, you know, if you remember, there was a, there was a, a situation where they were killing all the children and his ministers told him that if you kill all the children, then who are we going to have as slaves? So he said that, you know what, that's a good idea. Let's keep one year where we kill the children and one year where we will not touch the children. So Musa salam was born in the year that it was ordered to kill the children. Now, if Musa salam is suckled, if, if the, uh, the mother of Musa salam feeds him, he'll be fine. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the mother of Musa salam, فَإِذَا خِفْتِ عَلَيْهِ فَأَلْقِيهِ فِي الْيَمِّ وَلَا تَخَافِي وَلَا تَحْزَنِي he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if you are very fearful, then put him into the river and, and, um, and do not fear. And do not grieve. And this is the part I want us to remember today because that's what I'm going to talk about now, inshallah. We all know the story going forward, but this is where I want to point at because once again, we're talking about lessons and reflections. What do we learn from the story of, of Musa? Uh, what do we learn from the story of the mother of Musa alayhi salam? We learn faith and we learn optimism. First of all, let me explain. What is the meaning of faith here? Faith means that you don't try to make sense of Allah's plan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the mother of Musa alayhi salam that put him in the water. Now the mother of Musa alayhi salam, she's not questioning Allah that don't you know that the, the river, uh, first of all, the water um, is gonna take my child where? and there's animals in the water, and not only that, but you know, she's not questioning the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Faith means that we put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whether we understand it or not. Just to give you another example, when Musa salam came to the sea, and he had a stick in his hand, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, O oh Musa, take your, take your staff or take your stick and strike it on the sea. Now you think about it for a moment. If I were to come to a body of water and I took a stick and I just hit it on the water, will it make any difference? Absolutely not. 
But here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Musa to do something. Musa is not sitting there saying, Oh Allah, logically that doesn't make any sense to me. He's, he's saying to himself, if Allah told me to do it, I'm going to do it even if it defies logic here. And he did exactly that. And what did Allah do? Allah opened up the sea for, for Musa and the people of Bani Israel. The point is that what does faith mean? Faith means that we put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we don't question Allah's methods, we don't question Allah's plan. And once again, we see exactly Musa alayhi mother putting and having that faith. She's the one who's putting him into the river. And you all know that how much mothers, they are so afraid when it comes to water. You know, you have a baby that the mother, when she puts her baby inside the bathtub, she makes sure that, you know, she'll make sure that the water is not so filled up. Why? Because, you know, God forbid anything can happen to the child. When it comes to water, you all know that how mothers are so terrified of their children getting close to water. So here she's being told, put your child in the water. So, but she says, okay, fine. This is what faith demands from me. I'm going to do that. She is, she wants to protect him. But she wants, she's putting Musa in the place where there's probably no protection. There is no, you know, animals could be there and anyone could, walk, could see this basket and kill this child. I'm taking him out of my protection and I'm putting him in a place where it is considered as a non-protective environment. And then not only that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions what? That this basket ended up where? In the palace of Fir'aun. The one thing that she was afraid of so much, the one place where she did not want to make sure that Fir'aun and his people do not get hold of my child, that's exactly where the basket ended up in. But once again, that's called faith. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that when you have faith in Allah, and when you put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah says, La takhafi, do not fear. You know, this is a very interesting concept that we find almost 19 to 20 times in the Quran. Allah says, La khawfun alayhim yahzanun. There is no fear upon them about the future and there is no regret about the past. That's not what's mentioned in the Quran. Allah says, no, no fear and no regret. But fear means that we're always fearful of the future, right? Like, I don't fear about the past. I always fear about the future. When this pandemic took place, there's always this fear. What's next? What's next? How's the economy going to run? How am I going to last? If I lost my job, how am I going to get another job? There's always fear about the future. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, do not worry about the future. If you put your trust in me, I will take care of what is going to come forward. And what happens is that when you put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah says, do not worry about the future. Allah will take care of it. And that's exactly what Allah did. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala returned Musa alayhi back to his mother, number one. Number two is that she was not only taking now taking care of Musa alayhi Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made an arrangement that she is getting paid. She's being financially compensated for taking care of Musa alayhi Have you ever seen a mother who gets financially compensated, a biological mother being compensated for taking care of her own child, you don't see that happening. You don't see that happening. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's what he's trying to teach us is that when you put your faith in Allah, when we put our faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will make things happen in such ways that we cannot even fathom and we cannot even, uh, even possibly imagine. And then not only that, now you have Musa alayhi salam, who was once a while ago, he was in the sea, or he was in the, in the river. And he was in a basket. 
And only Allah knows where this basket could go. And there's animals, there's deadly animals in, in that river. And that child who was just once the most unsafest baby, the most endangered baby, now that baby, Musa Islam, is the safest baby. SubhanAllah, think about that. Because when the wife of Fir'aun, when she saw this baby, what did she do? She took baby Musa to Fir'aun. And she said that, The fact that she sees that, you know, Fir'aun is giving in to this. She took advantage of the situation. He says, and she says, we can take benefit from him. At the same time, we don't have any children. We can adopt him as our own child. Now, automatically, he becomes the safest child in the country of Egypt, pretty much. That is the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the next thing that we learn from the, all this is that the yaqeen, the yaqeen that Allah, the conviction that Allah puts in your heart. See, when we have trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the reward, first of all, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He rewards us for that. Allah takes care of our future, inshallah. And anything that has happened in the past, when Musa got mother, when the mother of Musa, she got her son back, Musa, what did she think about? She thought about what happened in the past. There was no regrets over it. Because she did that, but today Musa is back, back with her. So this is the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But at the same time, see, at the end of the day, we're human beings. You cannot tell me that, yes, Musa alayhi mother has been given that guaranteed. But yet, as a human being, your heart is just, you know, is in a very difficult situation. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, by the way, he highlights that. See, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he understands our emotions too. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَصْبَحَ فُؤَادُ أُمِّ مُوسَى فَارِغًا That the heart of Musa alayhi became empty. The word fu'ad is also in reference to the heart, and the word qalb is also in reference to the heart. But fu'ad implies a heart that is empty, that is just you know, hopeless or emotionless and or you have no idea what to do. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, that's exactly what happened to the mother of Musa alayhi salam. And the, the lesson that we take from this is, and by the way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He did say later on, that, that we gave her strength. And when we gave her strength, that's why then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referred to her heart as a qalb. Because now this qalb understands the direction. This qalb understands that how do I need to now behave or what, I, what should I do in this kind of situation? And they have that mental strength, that mental fortitude. But the point I'm trying to make is this. Even though when we put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we know the rewards of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that our heart is still going to be at a very uneasy place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that we have emotions that are part of our creation. It's part of who we are. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us from the story of the mother of Musa alayhi salam is that when you keep on holding on to Allah. See Allah is going to test us during that time. And at that time, shaitan will come to us and say, you know what, you put your trust in Allah, you had your faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still doesn't care about you. And at that time, if we abandon Allah, then we are the ones who have lost. But if we hold on to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that time, then eventually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this emotional uh, uneasiness that we have in our heart, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will replace that instability 
with stability. We will be emotionally stable in our life. And this is something that's very, very important. So what do we learn from the story of Musa alayhi um, from the story of Musa's mother, is that to have faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to have optimism in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever Allah tells us to do, we do exactly that. And when we do that, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward us. Allah will take care of our future. Allah will not let us regret over the past. And if we are emotionally unstable, unstable, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will replace it with emotional stability. The last thing I want to share with you is this. What is another lesson or reflection that we learn from all this? It is the fact that Musa alayhi's mother sent her, his, her own daughter to go and look after Musa alayhi We know the story what happened. But the, the sister of Musa alayhi think about this, she is going in front of Fir'aun. Okay? She's going in front of the wife of Fir'aun. She's going in front of all these guards. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and she had enough courage and enough confidence to go and speak up boldly and mention that I know a lady, I know a woman who that she comes to Musa, Musa will not reject her. But the point here is I'm trying to make is this. We need to create confidence and courage today within our own youth. We have, this is a young girl, but she has enough courage to go and speak in front of someone like Fir'aun. Today, how much courage and confidence does our youth have today? I'll be honest with you. I've held many programs, many town hall meetings with youth. I have boys, I have girls. There are so many cases where the boys are so shy and they don't even have enough confidence to speak in front of someone of the opposite gender. You have the same thing sometimes along the side or, or uh, with the girls also, that they have no confidence in speaking in front of the opposite gender. I'm not saying that we have to, of course, sit next to each other. I'm not saying anything like that. But as a Muslim, if we want to do da'wah in this country, if we want to have an impact in this country, if I want to have, uh, if I want to change my society, if I want to have a positive impact on, in my community, I need to learn that I can talk to anyone and I can dialogue with anyone. And that is something today I subhanAllah see that many of our youth do not have that confidence and they don't have that courage. Brothers and sisters, parents especially, we need to create that confidence within our children. No matter where they are, they can speak up. Our deen has taught us, and we learned this even from the story of Musa down the road, down the line, that there is absolutely nothing wrong. You can talk to a non-mahram as long as the conditions are acceptable, you are in a public space and so forth. You can talk to a non-mahram and apply all the Islamic etiquettes applying all the Islamic etiquettes, but you can converse with them. If there is something that you need to talk about, you can talk to them about it. But if our youth today, they grow up and they don't have enough confidence that they can speak to someone, they can speak to a stranger, they can speak to someone of the opposite gender, brothers and sisters, how are we going to do things in our country? How are we going to make changes in our community and so forth? So this is why we learn from the sister of Musa Islam, just like she had courage. Is there anyone today that has the same courage today that can go and speak in front of someone and without any kind of fear? Today, we don't have many of those kind of youth. 
So this is why it is our job to develop those kind of youth in our community that no matter what the situation is, no matter what the odds are, that they can always speak up what is right and they can always speak up when things are going wrong and they will stand up against injustices and so forth. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the ability to learn from these stories. Once again, quickly to recap, we learned that number one, um, a, a person who commits dhulm, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always hold them accountable. Uh, we also learned that uh, that in order to uh, in order to understand Allah's plan, we cannot understand Allah's plan, but we have to have iman and faith in Allah's plan. And then we see the story of the mother of Musa Islam, a perfect story that what does uh, exhibiting faith means? She applied faith. We talked about what is faith. We talked about the rewards of faith. We talked about the how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides emotional stability. And finally, we talked about youth and how to create and the need to create confidence and courage within our youth. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us ability to learn from these stories of the Quran and to apply them in our life. Amir Rabbil Alameen. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Innal muslimina wal muslimati wal mu'minina wal mu'minati wal qanitina wal qanitati wal sadiqina wal sadiqati wal sabirina wal sabirati wal khashi'ina wal khashi'at wal khashi'ina wal khashi'ati wal mutasaddiqina wal mutasaddiqati was sa'imina was sa'imat wal hafidhina furujahum wal hafidhati wal dhakirina allaha kathira مغفرة وأجرا عظيما